three parts I think of with the product experience. There's like the visceral, which you explained is like that whole Apple thing. And then there's the educational part of like, okay, does someone know what to do right after they open it? Like what are the first 10 minutes look like? Um, are they confused? Like the last thing you want to do is have someone feel like a failure if they don't know how to use your product. Mm -hmm. And then the third part is sort of like the experiential, like how they think back on your product. And then also what your product says about them. That's the whole reason people, you know, they wear brands the way they do. They put stickers on their laptop. It's like, this is me telling you who I am. And that's also why people will share stuff on social media. And if something looks good and feels good and it's helped them, they're much more likely to share it on social media because they're saying, look at me, I'm trying to be my best self and this is the products that I buy to do that, which is great for them. And it's also great for you as a company because it's promoting people to share your product without asking them to. Yo, Ryan Hartley here, host of the Always Better Yesterday podcast, and welcome to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people. If this is the first time you've ever pushed play on our podcast, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it here with our Always Better Than Yesterday community. We span 114 countries around the world. We are like-hearted, like-minded in this belief that when we get better, when we become someone we love, when we do more of what we love and when we serve those we love, the logical, natural result is a world that is better than yesterday. When we get better, everything around us gets better. If you are not part of our Facebook community yet, come and join over 700 like-hearted, like-minded human beings from all around the world. Simply push pause, Head over to Facebook, search We Are Always Better Than Yesterday. All I ask is that you come as you are, and I hope that you leave a little better. These interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. Today, on episode 148, I am joined by the CEO and co-founder of Best Self, Catherine Lavery. I have been a huge supporter and champion of Best Self for a number of years. Um, I have shared the products with people I work with, with people in, in our community, and I know that many of you have gone on to have great experiences with their products too. I am really excited to bring you the heart and mind behind that wonderful company. And through Catherine's generosity, she has extended a 15% discount code to our members, to our listeners, to you, uh, simply for being part of this community. So you can head into the comments, uh, head into the show notes to get that code. Um, all I ask is that you share this episode. Uh, make sure you tag Catherine and I in. Let Catherine know your appreciation for that generosity. 15% off exclusively for Always Better Than Yesterday community members. Um, so please share the love. Here we go. Episode 148 with the heart, the mind behind best self. It's Catherine Lavery. Enjoy, my friends. Catherine, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? 
I am very, very well. And uh, we're just saying off air, I think, first and foremost, congratulations. Thank you. I just uh, announced that I was pregnant, everyone. So now I am about to go into a whole new chapter of life, which I'm excited about. And as an entrepreneur, I'm also like, oh, what, what ideas am I going to come up with now that I have a whole new perspective on life? Mm, and I can see the uh, the card deck over your shoulder, which I have here, but that won't make sense to people just yet if people are coming into the podcast. So I just like to kind of um, help people understand what great work you do in the world. And, and, and I know that we'll talk about the projects or, or the project or the company that you run now, but I understand that you've always had this entrepreneurial heart set mindset. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I actually grew up in um, Belfast, Northern Ireland, and I did not grow up knowing that you could have your own business or I just grew up, you know, you go to university, you get a job. And so I kind of followed that track. I went to university, I became an architect. But, you know, when I was in high school, I had an eBay store <laughs> and I was learning how to set up an online store, which is just funny how I ended up now. But I think throughout there's like little glimpses of, you know, I'm selling cupcakes on the playground when I'm seven, but I never thought you could actually like run your own business. And so mm. when I moved to the U.S. in 20. Uh, I went for the summer in 2011 and then I got a job in 2012 and when I moved there it, it was really a whole new world of like moving to New York City and like becoming an, you know like working as an architect but then I'm introduced to this whole world of personal development and like people there's much more of a culture of like working on yourself and you know when you work on yourself you generally do better in life is what I started to realize and so I just kind of was looking like Oh, why didn't I learn any of this at school? Like, you know, I was so inefficient with time and like, I just pull all nighters in uni all the time. And that's part of architecture school, but also just didn't know about like habits or anything like that. And I'm just thinking I would be so far ahead if I had known this stuff earlier. And so, you know, for a few years, I was just kind of working on, on myself and, you know, your podcast, the name of it is exactly what I believe. It's just like constantly getting better every single day even if it's just a tiny bit it's that whole like you know one percent better mm-hmm. well you're like 237 times better in a year if you just focus on that little step every single day so yeah I mean that completely changed my life in, in every way yeah I love that and um uh I I understand that the birthing of, of best self co company is it's because at first you had a need for the the product that you started with talk, talk to us about you know what it was that um and I've never been a journaler. Like I tried, I dabbled. I mean, I, I I absolutely love the card prompts. That's my bag, the coaching and facilitating. Mm-hmm. But what was the gap that you initially saw? So for me, I had always just struggled with, first of all, to do endless to-do lists. Mm-hmm. I would make to-do lists that like if everything in my day went perfectly, like so streamlined, I still wouldn't be able to get the stuff that I would put on there done. And so you're setting yourself up for failure every day because you mm. work all day. Then at the end of the day, because you already set yourself up for failure, you're basically creating a bad relationship with yourself because you are not telling yourself that you don't do what you say you're going to do. Mm. And even if you set yourself up for failure, you couldn't do possibly do that anyway. And so what I realized is like sitting down before I open my laptop in the morning and just simply like, okay, what are the things that you want to do today? I even have a post-it on my laptop says, do not open this until you know what you're going to do with it. Because it's just this void of like, 
your time just gets sucked into yeah. it and you have to be really intentional. And so mm. back in like 2014, I started keeping a, just a moleskin journal and like, you know, writing nine hours on what I wanted to do. But because I came from a design background, like that's kind of annoying to keep having to do every day. So I'm reading mm. all these books and I'm putting this framework into place. And then I'm like, oh, let me just design this into something. And when it came time to actually like, oh, I should print this, it was really expensive. So I'd done a couple of crowdfunding campaigns for another um, business that I had. And I was thinking everyone I showed it to, they were like, oh, I want one of these, but I didn't have the money to just like, you know, throw up a print run. So I'm like, let me crowdfund it. And the whole structure of the self journal, which is the first product that we started with was a three month based goal journal. So you start with a sort of end in mind and three months is a short enough time where you can't procrastinate, but it's long enough to actually get something done. So instead of, you know, January 1st, like, what am I going to be doing in December 31st? Can you imagine doing that in 2020? Like the whole world's completely different. And so three months is a good enough time mm -hmm. to do that. And, and then every single day you like, you start with gratitude, you plan your day, you end the day, like looking back and reflecting on, you know, what you learned that day. And so when we launched on Kickstarter, it just kind of blew up and in a good way. And so <laughs> I realized that I'd gotten some traction with this and this is the thing I should focus on because actually it was the thing that I was also the most passionate about, which was funny because, you know, in entrepreneurship, you can chase ideas and like, oh, what's going to make money? And I feel like this was the first thing that like, I didn't really care if it made money. I just mm -hmm. wanted it to exist for myself. And then it was a thing that like really took off. So from there, we just constantly worked on okay what are the different areas in people's lives and I called it best self because you know I didn't want it to be a journal company specifically I wanted it to be a problem first company which is like okay what's the problem we're solving with the products yeah. and sometimes we can solve problems without having to sell someone a product mm -hmm. and so that's what I try to teach the team is like okay does this have to be a product or could this be a video or like content or something else and now we worked on, okay, relationships, productivity. Mm. And we very much started with productivity. It was very like, I think this is generally how, maybe it's a millennial thing, but you're like so focused on your career and your goals and like type A, like, let's do it. <laughs> and then you get to a certain point in your life when you realize like, for me, I, I'm like hitting all these goals, but I'm realizing, oh, there's actually a huge part of my life that's not fulfilled at all, um, which was like, in my relationships and so that's what made me realize oh i should be focusing more on this now because mm -hmm. while the business goals and all that are very like outwardly looking amazing but if you don't have anyone to like celebrate it with and like truly feel close to i felt like it was it was like a hollow victory so that's when we started going into you know the intimacy deck and mm -hmm. the relationship journal something we just came out with and then you know your relationship with your kids because if your relationships with your kids or with your family or with your friends yeah. are not good, it's it's hard to progress in life to where you want to be. Mm. I um in in doing some research, I've heard some really interesting perspectives about the product experience that you've tried to create. And, and one of the things I've always found when I've opened products from your company is it's like an Apple unboxing. That's it's such a great experience. And I heard you describe the three areas of your or your product experience. And the first one you said was visceral. Like what has been in some of the intention that you've put behind some of your products? I mean, we all know what it's like to open an Apple mm. product. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I have 
all of my <laughs> Apple product boxes in a closet. And when I lived in New York, I looked in this closet. I'm like, I'm paying rent to store empty boxes, but I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to like throw them out. So yeah. for me, I was always thinking like, when you buy these products, I want people to feel like it's an investment in themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the opening experience was something I wanted people to be like, oh, wow, it's something they enjoy using and they wanted to use. Because if someone doesn't like like the feel or look of something and, and it's not enjoyable, then they won't actually use it. And so any impact that you're trying to make with this product will not actually come true because you haven't thought about the actual use case. And so there's three parts I think of with the product experience. There's like the visceral, which you explained is like that whole Apple thing. And then there's the educational part of like okay does someone know what to do right after they open it like what are the first 10 minutes look like um are they confused like the last thing you want to do is have someone feel like a failure if they don't know how to use your product Mm -hmm. and then the third part is how they sort of like the experiential like how they think back on your product so Mm -hmm. how and then also what your product says about them because that's the whole reason people, you know, they wear brands the way they do. They put stickers on their laptop. It's like, this is me telling you who I am. And that's also why people will share stuff on social media. Mm. And if something looks good and feels good and has helped them, they're much more likely to share it on social media because they're saying, look at me, I'm trying to be my best self. And this is the products that I buy to do that, which is great for them. And it's also great for you as a company because it's promoting people to share your product without asking them to. Yeah, it's great to hear you say that because that was the that was the heart behind calling my Facebook community. We are always better than yesterday. It's an extension of ourselves and identity and community. One of the things I think I heard you do really well is through your Facebook group is is you understand through the user generated content that many people were not starting journaling because they liked how pristine the original pages are. How did you take that learning and 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 then then use that as a feedback loop? It's funny how you create this product that feels good to use, but then you have these perfectionists who I am also that (laughs) where you, you don't want to write in it because God forbid you have like ugly handwriting or, or some, you know, you have something unclear. And so we kind of, I think we created some content around just the idea of trying to be perfect is another way to procrastinate on doing something. And, you know, writing and I'm showing like my journal there's like crossed out there's like you know some some days it's just like something exploded in there and so I think taking content and sort of what are the objections of people not actually using your product and creating content around the consumption of it because when people you know our goal is like having people create a habit to actually do the product Mm -hmm. so that they get the benefit out of it and so a lot of times what people will or companies they're trying to sell you the product the first time, but how do you make sure how do you make sure that people use the product in order that they come back and buy more, but also that they get into a habit of actually getting the benefit that you're selling to them, um, which they won't get if it's like intermittent and they're not actually uh, creating a habit around it. Mm. I, thought, I love. Um... I listened to your podcast with the the chap from the the one thing and they're on the core values experience that you did with your is your wife isn't it um yeah yeah and uh, what are what are your um core values so this exercise is when you pick out three words we actually pick out 15 words and then you have to break it down to three 
that are the sort of compass that you follow in your life and you follow this even if you don't even know what they are so it's better that you know what they are um and then you can look back and be like oh that's why that didn't feel right or why that did feel right Mm -hmm. so mine are curiosity integrity and impact so curiosity is just what drives like learning new things creating products and whenever i feel like i'm in a rut or i'm not doing things that make me curious that's when I realized, oh, I need to be changing something and Mm. doing something different. Because if I do that for long enough, I just kind of get bored and restless. Um, Integrity is just doing what you say you're going to do, which is almost table stakes these days. But I think knowing what the right thing to do and and doing the right thing, even when it's difficult, Mm. has been something that I definitely learned over the last few years of this whole idea of your values are only values when they cost you something. So so they're like a, a... they're like an idea you have about yourself, right? But if they're never tested, you never know, like, am I willing to walk away from something that I want in order to withhold mm. these values? And, and that happened to me in like end of 2019, where I basically was like offered money, mm-hmm. a bunch of it, and to, in order, but I would have to give up values in order to do it. Mm. And I ended up walking away from it because it just didn't feel right. And there was a lot of stuff that, the only thing that was good was the money, but everything else was negative. And so that's when I realized, oh, I actually would choose that over, you know, something that I wanted in order to, to withhold those. So I think, and then looking back, there's things with like my wife where, you know, when we first met, we, we had our different values and we had a kind of a, a rough beginning. And so when we looked back at like things that we were just like not meshing on, it was because, I'm coming with my value and she's coming with hers. And just in the moment that we met, it wasn't meshing well. And so it just, when we were looking back, I'm like, oh, it's just because we were actually standing up for our values. And at that point, we were both confused about the intentions of the other person. Yeah, powerful. That's really powerful. I, in planning um, this conversation, I don't plan too much, but I like to try and think about the experience that I want to give my guests and, uh, and because I knew that one of your your values was impact, I want to give you an experience that helps you feel the impact of some of your products. So we're going to see how this is going to go. But if you're game, I'm going to ask you questions from this deck. Okay, It's going to be some fun, right? So this is the little talk, a tool for bigger conversations with children. And here's the thing. I think you're going to find for the next part of the conversation that it's not just children that we can have great conversations with. So you've got six categories. You've got random, hopes and dreams, likes, dislikes, reflection, self-expression, emotional intelligence. Would you like to pick a category? Um, you pick it for me. Okay, let's go with uh, reflection. So I've got a couple of cards here. Uh, okay, this one. When do you get most distracted? When do I get most distracted? Oftentimes when I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing so that mm-hmm. if there's any ambiguity over a task, I will find something else to do. And I often get distracted between like 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Those are like mm. the dead hours where I'll decide to do something different because I, I now know how I work best and those are not my productive hours. Mm. <laughs> okay, next one, self-expression. What do you think that grown-ups don't understand? Oh, 
<laughs> I was about to say as a grown-up myself, I'm like, am I a grown-up? Um, <laughs> I'm now I'm trying to put myself in the the mindset when I was younger. I think one of the things probably is like you have the parental or like the adult relationships, but kids have their own relationships mm-hmm. and like they're completely separate and like different thoughts than than the adults have and it's not an extension of someone else it's it's completely different so you have your whole like world going on so that's something that I don't think I thought growing up to you when I was growing up mm. it's interesting isn't it when you when you opened the you know with the the fact that education didn't prepare you for in you know, entrepreneurship or even just do you think well clearly you don't because this is why you have a company about just adults not knowing about how to be their best selves Oh yeah. I mean, how many, how many adults, you know, they have kids and they're like, Oh, I die for my kids, mm. but I won't live healthy. I won't eat healthy mm. to live as long as possible to be with mm. my kids, but I die for them. And so mm. there's this mix up of like, um, and I think it's also, yeah, like you said, a lack of education because people, we don't grow up in school learning this stuff. I mean, if you think of school, it came from this industrial time where, basically you're training people to go into factories and work all day and do the mm. same thing over and over again, which is not what we are doing now. Like if you think of like when I was growing up, you know, you're playing video games, like you can never make a living doing that. It's mm. like, there's people making a lot of money, literally streaming, playing video games. And mm. so there's this whole other world where these new jobs and new economies have been created that the traditional school system has not caught up with at all, nor like, you know, the whole system. And so I think like questioning, like, okay, what am I doing? Like, what am I putting in my body? What am I, you know, thinking about when I went home? I have like a bunch of health friends here in Austin and they always look at the ingredients of everything, which now I started doing. And so I went home and I'm, you know, looking at the ingredients. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, you know, and my family are like, it was just this weird thing where I realized how much I'd changed because now I'm like kind of coaching them on stuff. And they're just like, what are you talking about? Like who looks at the ingredients? Mm. Yeah. It's nice to be back in Austin. The last time I was in Austin, I was talking to Matthew McConaughey about his book, Green Knights. And the next question I have here is um, under hopes and dreams. What book would you write? Oh, I, I get asked this a bunch of like, if I would write a book, I, I believe in writing a book when you have something like unique to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a book in me right now that I would think about, but I think one of the things I would definitely, I teach people is just the idea of like, you know, struggle and mm. the, the, the negative or seemingly negative things in your life that actually are the things that make you grow more than anything. Mm. And um, this concept of uh, we expect as people, you know, we're brought up, you know, on our birthday or on Christmas, we get gifts and they mm-hmm. come wrapped and our names on them. And in life, we don't get it like that. They come in however way they come. And mm. if it seems negative in the moment, oftentimes it's so zoomed in. And when I look back at like things that in the moment seem negative, and then I zoom out and, and something else happened that would never have happened if it wasn't for that thing. And I'm like, oh, actually, that was a good thing. But if I was to just see that zoomed in, I would just be like, oh, that's bad. And so I think 
looking at everything, whether it's positive or negative in the moment and thinking, okay, let's see, you know, it's that whole, I don't know if you ever heard the story about the, the, um, the Chinese farmer. I'm going to, I'm not going to butcher the story right now, but I will send you a link. Cause we like yeah. made this, uh, cartoon of it for best self, because I love this concept of, you know, oh, that's great news. And the, the Chinese farmer's like, maybe, maybe so, maybe not time will tell. Mm. And so every single thing, it's like, oh, this was negative, but it led to this positive. Oh, this was negative, it led to this positive. And so I think if, if yeah. we teach kids to not judge something in the moment as negative or bad, yep. and instead just as an experience that what can they learn from it, then yeah. they'll see the adversity in their life as like, oh, this is, this is like, I'm leveling up in a video game to the next thing. Yeah. That's really powerful. And I think, um, you know, I just want to allow that that answer to come, you know, and really resonate with people because so many, so many, whether it be coaches, entrepreneurs, whatever that might be, they think that the, the stepping stones of have I made it yet are to do a TEDx talk and to write a book. And I think, you know, here you are CEO of a multi-million pound company, million dollar company. Um, and you've just said you don't feel the need to write a book. And I think, I think there's such peace in that, like intentionally saying, no, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe at some point I would write a book, but like I said, there's so many books out there that could be a blog post. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> it's really when you have a unique thing to say, and I don't feel like I have that. Um, and I don't need it to use an, as an ego boost right now. So if you have a, like, there's great books out there, of course, but only do it if you, really have your message and you want to spread it is, is my belief. Mm, love that. Okay. Random. Uh, what family traditions do you want to continue? Ooh, family traditions. So oh, at Christmas every year, my mom would always get us new pajamas on Christmas Eve. So that <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely do that one. One thing I really enjoy about living in the U S is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. because it's like christmas where everyone gets together but there's no gifts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's really like all about gratitude and like yeah great that. food and just being together and so i've really enjoyed that aspect of having this whole new holiday that's only a month before christmas that i get to enjoy that's not um driven by like okay what what's i have to buy all these gifts for people mm-hmm. i mean i love like buying gifts for people but it's just like all the great things without any of the pressure mm. Being Taipei, like, how do you feel when you get bored? I mean, I'm never bored. I always find something <laughs> yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I do think that um, we should give ourselves a, a, an opportunity to be bored. So that's what I have to force myself to do sometimes is mm. like, you know, go for a walk without listening to a podcast, God forbid, mm-hmm. or like not trying to make every <laughs> single part of your day productive yep. which is something that's very like oh i need to make everything efficient i need to be like doing this and learning this and so mm. something that you need to do is like let your mind wander by yeah. not constantly distracting it or trying mm. to make it consume all the time because that's um you're gonna stop yourself coming up with ideas so i i never get bored <laughs> but sometimes i have to like force myself to like get bored so that it, it like makes my idea machine work mm. what sort of things kind of bring the creative out of you so i think const- uh, you know a lot of times i give myself constraints over things mm-hmm. 
So um, I'll set a timer and be like, okay, try to come up with, you know, X many ideas for a blog post or a video or whatever. And so I'll try to do something like that. I think like doodling, going for walks, again, without listening to a podcast, reading books, reading books completely, you know, what are the best books in other industries that you could read and take what they're doing over there and apply it to mm. here? Because a lot of times, especially in entrepreneurship, a lot of people read the same books. Mm-hmm. And so if you're reading the same thing as everyone else, it's going to be harder to create something completely unique and different. And so if you are reading something about, I don't even know, you know, art or psychology mm. or something, mm. then how can you take what you're learning over there and apply it to, you know, e-commerce? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, um, you know, Matthew Said, he's a, is a guy over here in England. He wrote a book uh, called Rebel Ideas, which is about the modern form of innovation is taking two things that exist and seeing mm. what they are, the internet and a taxi, Uber, you know, for example, that's yeah. really powerful, really powerful. I actually got that book. My dad bought me that book. It was good. Really good. Yeah. Good. Isn't it? Um, another random question. What should we ban from the world? Oh, I mean, I don't really believe in a lot of bans because people will get around it anyway. <laughs> um, what should we ban? I don't know what the right answer here is. Good. Let's move on. So <laughs> emotional intelligence. What puts you under pressure? deadlines um self-imposed mostly or the team will impose them on me (laughs) which is good because i need that yeah um pressure i think running a business and having that sometimes it's like a battle between you know like creativity and like the manager it's like the maker manager type thing Mm -hmm. where a maker schedule you have hours and hours of time to just sort of come up with ideas and think and then sometimes if i get stuck in the manager admin side too much then i feel like pressured mm-hmm. but if i do too much of one thing then i'm like oh what am i missing over here mm-hmm. so that's more self-imposed pressure but i definitely think as an entrepreneur and a creator together those are the things that sometimes i, I wrestle with mm-hmm. Last question from the deck. It's all about reflection and it comes from here. What do you love most about yourself? Ooh, what do I love? My ability to figure stuff out, <laughs> even when I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like give you confidence. Like a, I've always I've always used that saying in my own mind because that just I could just turn up and just wing it to some degree yeah. because I'll just figure it out, right? Maybe I get too confident. (laughs) Like if, you know, everything went away and I'm starting over again, I totally think I could create something because I will just, the ability to, I think actually I saw this recently is someone put, you know, Googling on their resume as like a skill. I'm like, (laughs) that is a skill. Like being, it's no longer a skill to memorize all this useless knowledge. It's a skill to be able to find the right answer to the question. Resourceful. So, Yeah. So I think being resourceful is is definitely it. And I mean, I came here to the U.S. I had like, you know, less than a thousand dollars to mm-hmm. my name, mm-hmm. and I was making you know thirty thousand when I moved here as an architect, working like mm-hmm. crazy hours. And 
you know, I started things on the side. I just was basically like hustling. <laughs> and my wife, Nia, is funny because she met me, you know, 2018, early, like January 2018. But by that time, I'm, you know, have figured stuff out and things are looking, you know, much brighter than maybe when I started. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved into our house, um, our water wasn't working for a bit. So I'm like literally going to the gym and filling up these like gallon um, things of water. Cause I'm like, I'm not paying yep. for water that I put like literally in the toilet. And, yeah. and so she's, she's saying, she's like, yeah, I mean, when we met, like you're kind of like bougie and like had figured stuff out. And then I saw you like basically, you know, getting water and like being like, basically like scrappy and figuring it out yeah. and she's like uh, and then I was like oh I, this, this girl like knows how to do it I'm like yeah I mean that's that's how I sort of started you just saw me and the stock was higher when you got in but I can still <laughs> do all the same stuff I love that you just figure it out that's amazing and you know and, and I we we've not talked massively about the the growth and the development and the leadership required to scale best self you know, looking back, it's very easy to look back, but, um, you know, what do you think were some of the key things, you know, from your own perspective, from your own leadership that, um, that have helped, um, the journey so far? I mean, I think, you know, you, it's a journey for you and the business generally will grow at the rate that you as an owner are. So Mm -hmm. if a great, if a business is growing, you know, 100% 100% year over year, which our company like first year grew, you know, it did like 2.2 million, then it like tripled. And and when I think of that, I'm like, did I triple as a person to be able to meet that growth? And so I find that the times in, where the business is just kind of plateaued, you know, I think in like 2018, I was going through a bunch of like personal things at the time or 2017. And so when I look at that, it's usually like, oh, I haven't grown as a leader and as a human. And that is why the, the business is not doing mm-hmm. what it like growing at the rate that it used to do. And so whenever I talk about to, to team members or for myself, it's like, are you growing as a person at the rate the company is? Because mm-hmm. if you're not, you're going to um, plateau and the company is not going to be able to grow beyond that. And mm-hmm. so that kind of keeps me on my toes. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely... Like you should always be, you know, trying to be better than yesterday. Like what, what are the skills that you need to learn? And sometimes as a, as an owner and, you know, a leader, it's not about me learning the skills, which is kind of sad because I love learning, but it's about like, how do I give my team the, the mm-hmm. skills and the tools for them to learn this thing that we need in order to reach the next level? Because me doing it, it's not actually very useful. Even if I enjoy it, mm-hmm. I am not going to be the one that's, that's um, implementing this thing. That's powerful. What um what do you look for in potential? Because if you just talked about the uh the overall sum of the organization is the you know the collective of the individuals, what what do you look for in prospective hires? You know, what what characteristics, is it values? How do you how do you recruit? So I never look at like grades or where they went <laughs> to school or anything like that. Mm. Um, so say I'm hiring a designer, I'm obviously going to look at their portfolio. Mm. I would don't care if someone went to school, to be honest, mm. because I went to school for architecture. I don't do anything to do with that now. So for me, I look for values and the ability to figure things out and, and the ability to be both resourceful, but also 
not need to be micromanaged. Mm. So if you can manage your own time and you have an er internal um, want to be great and have quality work, that's much more important because you're not doing it just for the company. You're doing it for yourself. Like I want to create quality um, mm. work, whatever that looks like. And so when people have high standards for themselves for their work, then they'll have high standards for what they create for you. So, you know, you want to look at how they present themselves. You know, you want to coach. I've actually found hiring people that already know the company, like mm. customers, you know, mm -hmm. I think our, uh, my COO was once a customer and our mm -hmm. product manager was once a customer. And at that time, you know, well, when they were applying, you no longer have to teach them, okay, this is what the company does because they're already bought in. Yep. And just that is half the battle of someone that mm. believes in the mission enough mm. to like almost any job can be like figured out. Maybe a designer, developer, supply chain management, you mm. need someone with experience, but a lot of stuff, you know, I've hired people that, they didn't have any experience, but they had a lot of, I'll figure it out. And I just gave them, okay, here's all, here's a bunch of courses to figure mm -hmm. out how to do this thing. They did all that. They crushed it. And, and then they actually laughed and now they're running a business doing that thing. So now they're doing well, well, they like learned all this stuff from working with us and we got a good deal because they're coming in with barely any experience, but the ability to learn and we're just mm. teaching them how to do it. And so we both win. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, something I ask all of my guests is what does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you? For me, it's the, the idea of never stop improving, never mm -hmm. stop learning. I think I thought this too, whenever I left school, you know, you get, you're like, oh, I'm going to get a job and then I'm done with school essentially. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the, the love of learning and wanting to know new things will just completely change your life. Like, again, I said this earlier in the interview, like me, you know, reading on the subway on the way to work and like learning about personal development, you know, I could still be in my architecture job making, you know, 50K a year. And now I, I have a company, I hire people and I create products and do all this stuff. Not because someone said, oh, you, you know, you should do this. It was like, oh, I was just started doing things for myself and then mm. created this whole other life mm. that I never would have done had I not focused on, okay, how do I be better than I was yesterday? Mm. I love that. I love that. And I'm excited for your next chapter. What are some, have you got things in mind that you want to do, release, deliver before going on maternity? I mean, I, I'm struggling with the idea of maternity because I, I like, love what I do, yeah. but um, we have a bunch of new products coming out in the next few months. Mm -hmm. uh, we have like this idea of, we talked about creativity, this doodle deck, so it gives you prompts and then nice. these ideas of like getting your mind to think differently. So a bunch of different products coming out. We have the relationship journal that's shipping soon. So I, I wonder what other ideas I'll have you know, becoming a parent for the first time. Mm -hmm. We do have, you know, a, a, most of our team have kids. So we've worked with like child psychologists and other people on the team to create these products. But I'm thinking, what's the new perspective that I'll have that I'll create something mm -hmm. or have this idea for something completely different. So I don't know. I don't know what the maternity leave situation is going to be either. So learning it all as I go. I love it. I love it. 
excited well i'd love to be considered an honorary team member of best even if you need someone to make the coffees like i'd love to totally. be part. <laughs> the next time you're in austin come by the office yes that would be amazing um thank you so much for your time thank you so much for coming and talking to us about your organization thank you for letting me have a bit of fun with your your deck you know i, I love these you know a number of our community here at always better yesterday have, have gone and bought these um and and i just hope that you your colleagues get that ripple effect back of, of impact because i you know as you can see here heart on the chest it's it's the it's connection it's belonging yeah. it's connection it's being part of something and what you do is you enable human beings to grow and connect and and be the best versions of themselves of which i think the world needs more of so thank you for all that you do um i'll put all the links to your content in the show notes and i'd just be honored if you'd leave us a final thought from your good self I mean, I think if people are listening to this podcast, they're already ahead of the game, mm-hmm. they're already top of the 1% of people. And I think if you keep, you know, focusing on making yourself better, even just, you know, reading 20 minutes a day or watching that YouTube video on something you want to learn mm-hmm. or just learning one thing a day, like where will you be in a year? So I'm, I'm on this, on this train with you, even, even I, whenever I find myself sort of stuck it's usually because i haven't focused on okay what 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 else new am i learning uh and getting better at love that my friend all the best for your future thank you thank you so much this is awesome there we go episode 148 with Catherine lavery ceo of best self company Oh, I love that. That was so much fun. Um, As you can tell from the conversation, um, I love the the products. I love the company. I love what Catherine stands for. Um, Really glad that I was able to bring her heart and mind to here, as well as her generosity offering the community 15% off uh, simply for being wonderful members of this community. So be sure to go and place your next order on bestself.co. Be sure to go get your exclusive Always Better Than Yesterday discount code in the show notes. Um, And and just please do share. Share the love. Share this episode far and wide with people who you want to encourage, inspire, to introduce to Best Self, whatever that might be. Please don't let the ripple slow down. In fact, I call upon you to help me in some way increase the ripple effect. I think you know me enough by now that it's not about me. It's not about Ryan Hartley. This is about us. This is about we. And we are always better than yesterday. The more that we can help people connect with their hearts and minds, lead from a place of love, love for who they are and what they do, the world is always going to be better than yesterday. It is just the natural consequence of more people uh, being and doing, uh, bringing love into the world. And Lord knows we need that right now. I hope you've enjoyed episode 148. Thanks for making it through to the end of the show. Love and appreciate you. And I'll speak to you again very soon. Always love my friends.